Tatooine was just a big ball of dust until R2 and 3PO showed up. But since then, my life hasn't been the same. From a moisture farmer on a remote desert planet to a leader of the rebellion fighting for freedom throughout the galaxy. But now the rebellion faces even greater odds, and I must be ready. I must follow Ben Kenobi's teachings, learn more about the powers of the Force and becoming a Jedi Knight, if I'm going to be prepared for a confrontation with Darth Vader. See it. When the Empire Strikes Back. The Empire Strikes Back comes to a theater near you on May the 21st, 1980. And here we go. Gentlemen, we are tonight's entertainment. I told you already, I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Impressive. Most impressive. You are on the Sith list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 72 of the Sith list. I am your host, Raj Shahi. And my three co-pilots in this Millennium Falcon of an episode, the young, the restless, Carlos Buarguello. The man they call Crunch Morales is less, but he's not less. He's more. Gonzalez. That's pretty good. You rehearsed that one. I did not. I just came out of my ass right now. That was a freestyle (laughs) flow. Thank you. And the man they call the hair. The man that gave love a bad name last week. For this week is the man that wants... More sugar being poured on him. <laughs> Mr. Eric Struthers. What's up, man? What's up? <laughs> What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm fantastic, man. How are you guys? We're doing great, man. Good, We're good, doing good. great. It is just a world of Last Jedi reaction. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the nothing on social media is more prevalent, is the word I want to use, than The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And and everywhere, and people are asking me questions. Family members are calling me, so uh, this is going to be a fun episode. I think so too, man. Before we get into all the stuff, let's get the shenanigans real quick out of the way, so we can get into some Last Jedi review and some discussion. You can find us on Facebook at Symbol the Sithless Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at the Sithless Boot at the Sithless Boot. Less Morales at Less is More seventy eight and the Hair at Eric Strathers. That's right. You can also find us. On the Gmail, if you want to email us, please send us a message and you can send us a message via the syphilis at gmail.com. We have a T public site. You can just look us up and look up some shirts and some stickers and all that great stuff on that site. And we also have an Instagram. I don't know if I said that, but if I did, it's on just look up the syphilis. We are also a member of an amazing podcast network that includes great podcasts. Now this is podcasting. Rogue One, Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, The Cantina Cast, Idiot's Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Podcast 2187. By the way, we met a couple of those guys, amazing dudes, very cool dudes. 
the cargo hold and fingered with Randy and Jason. And this podcast network is called the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, also known as MSW. That almost sounds like a gang. What? What I'm saying? MSW. Dog. MSW. <laughs> oh, a gang. <laughs> throw, throw up the MSW. You <laughs> should make like the actual symbols. That's too close. To and we'll MS-13. hit up other networks. We'll go to Celebration. Yeah, rough, this is yeah. a little rough there. We need to chill. Sorry. Um, Sorry, y'all. No disrespect. MSW. No, I can't do, do it. it. But do we it. should go to Celebration and just put up some colors and put up some gang signs. That, See everybody yeah. wear if a other black podcast bandana. networks want to you know mess with us. Yeah, the other podcast networks. That would be awesome. And by the way, you can please, if you can, leave some iTunes reviews. We got a couple more, so I really appreciate it. And there were really nice ones, and we even appreciate that more. Mm-hmm. So if you put up some iTunes reviews, that'd be great. And you can go on YouTube now and listen to our podcast. And like I said before, we have some ideas that we're going to be doing with YouTube with kind of like teasers and stuff like that. So find our channel, The Sith List, and subscribe. You don't have to listen to it. Listen to it wherever you want, but just subscribe to it just so it makes us feel better about ourselves. Yeah. And there is your shenanigans mm-hmm. for episode 72. All right. I want to get this off my chest out before your, I hurt your, somebody. Out of your mouth, you mean. Nice. I was at the dentist. I got in there. Sat, same dentist you go to. Yes. Les, I love the guy. Amazing guy. Went in there, sat down, and started reading. Your start, Highlights magazine? Oh, what? The Highlights magazine? No, no, not the Highlights. I was the actually one. I was actually on Twitter oh. chatting it up with people, great people of, of Twitter. And this kid who's sitting next to me turns around. Uh-oh. He's playing his tablet on the couch, but Uh-oh. his knees were on the ground, like facing the couch's backside, right? So his ass is in my face. <laughs> this kid poor choice of words but alright no yeah this kid's ass was in my face this this kid starts just letting him fly like ripping him out I'm talking loud farts in my face dude the fr- <laughs> hold on and the first couple he covered you I was like the- oh that sucks he just didn't mean to do it yeah. it's embarrassing so I just acted like I was on my phone still and 30 seconds later brrr, was he fucking Just with like you? Just like a machine gun coming out of his ass. Was he fucking with you? Like it was like, a, like no. a soundboard on the tablet? No. He was playing a fucking game. And I looked to the side and I see a McDonald's bag. He just like scarfed down a McDonald's bag while waiting for his pops or something. Yeah. Pops comes out, sits next to him. Farts. Kid lets him go again with, <laughs> his, with his dad next to him. Dad doesn't say a fucking word. I'm sitting there. And a room, a beef curtain filled with fucking <laughs> toxic waste of this child. It was disgusting, dude. It was the first time in my life that I wanted the dentist to be working on my teeth so bad because I was just, it was, I couldn't believe it. I, I, I was so uncomfortable. I was going to like say something to the receptionist. It's healthy, fresh air, freshness, breathing in, breathing in deep, letting it out. <laughs> Sir, I'd appreciate mm, it. You can nice. stop letting it out. But uh, but okay. That's fine, it. Thank you. You're all right. You're all right. Everything's good. All right. You feel very comfortable. You're sinking into the chair. We're relaxing. One. And we're coming down to zero. Oh, and my one God. Uh, hmm? Yes. All right. I just... No, there's nothing. No, thank you. No. That, that, that time, that was you. Now, we're not here to pick sides. <laughs> that wasn't me. We're not that here was... to pick sides. That all was right. you. Open a window, please. I didn't want to acknowledge the kid. Light a match. And I thought maybe, you know, this kid, maybe <laughs> maybe he had some developmental issues. No, he didn't have fucking developmental issues. He was, he was fine. He was it's just gross. a perfect little boy. He was just letting him go. 
and ignoring it. It wasn't even like, oh, I'm sorry, or ha I farted. It was just constant coming out of his butt. <laughs> so right. he just How old like he was, was this home, kid? Right? How old was he? He was probably nine years old. And my kid's sitting there and just letting him fly like that, dude, and not saying excuse me or, or saying I got to go take a shit or something. <laughs> take your kid and put him in the bathroom and let him unload in there. <laughs> Sorry, I have to get that off my chest. That was the anesthesia, dude. No, it wasn't the anesthesia. I wish it was. <laughs> they were trying to anesthetize you real quick. I didn't need laughing gas. I was already under, dude. And I walked in. All right. I just need to get off that off my chest. Sorry, guys. Machine gun by a little boy. Yeah. Right in. And he's like, he had the audacity to stick his ass towards me. Like he was like, I was a target or something. And he was just trying to shoot me with it. Like, like turn around and sit your ass on the fucking leather couch, dude. That'd be even louder. That's true. That's true. Would have been louder. Yeah, but he, you could have at least thought that he like moved on the leather couch and made the noise. No, that's what I initially thought. But then <laughs> I saw his ass wasn't on the leather couch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We're talking that about sucks, farting. Man. But there, there, there's my story. Now we are going to talk about. We're going to try to talk about two or three different subjects. Very heavy on the Last Jedi. Not as heavy as Rogue One, a Star Wars podcast for winners who did a four hour breakdown oh of God. the film Haas and Johnny so if you want that in depth of a breakdown definitely listen to them and we were uh, fortunate enough to watch it with the Make It Star Wars family and we got to go back Les and I and podcast with a bunch of great people yes we did and we had a blast so that episode is up for making Star Wars uh, now this is podcasting and we had a great time we had fun we were laughing our asses off the entire time so check that out uh, King Tom gave us a King Tom, King Tom, a voicemail. All right, here's King Tom. Hey there, Sith listeners. King Tom here. I got to tell you, I absolutely loved The Last Jedi. Seen it four and a half times. I'll say it's five. The half was because like my family, my son got sick, had to leave um, halfway through. So I bought you know five tickets for myself and other people. And it's nice to see um, it's doing very well at the box office. It's not doing TFA numbers, obviously, but it's pretty much right behind it, I guess, in terms of historical performance. I went Sunday night at 8.30, and you would have thought the theater was – it was a Friday night. That's how busy it was. I talked with one of the managers because he recognized me from being there earlier in the week. And he was saying that they vastly underestimated the turnout they would have for the whole weekend. Um of watching people watching The Last Jedi, you know, I think I seen I saw it was at 476 million worldwide today. Um, because I know you guys are the box office experts, I'm sure you're going to be talking about this. What do you think uh, are its What do you think its, its performance is going to be um, a, a few weeks out? I think you know I, I know that a lot of people want to see it again, uh, but also I know there are some people who aren't into it. Um, and some of those people, because most of the people I've talked to who have seen it who aren't into Star Wars, they liked it, they thought it was a good movie. But there are there are some people who have some, some valid criticisms, but there's a whole very loud segment, and I, be, I believe this is a small segment. They're negative just to be negative about it. And they, you know, they call themselves fans, but you know, in the, the few that I've interacted with, they don't really seem to be Star Wars fans. Um, and I wanted to also get your take on that criticism, and if you think that's going to weigh in at all, I just think it's a matter of Ryan Johnson, Lucasfilm, doing something new, changing up the story, introducing some new people, and there are some people who uh, 
I guess that, that affects emotionally. And they take it out on this Star Wars that the rest of us love. Anyway, thanks for listening. I, I hope you guys have a great um, Festivus and everything else going on this year. And uh, I will talk to you crazy guys later. All right, King Tom, thank you so much for that voicemail. We're going to get into the box office right now. And we're going to talk about people hating on it and how we enjoyed it. We're going to just dive right into it, King Tom. So I appreciate you jumpstarting this whole episode with that great voicemail. And uh, yeah, let's get into some let's get into some Star Wars. Let's talk about box office mm. because Coco killed it this week. <laughs> just kidding. The Last Jedi made two hundred and twenty million dollars, the second biggest domestic opening in the history of film. The first one was The Force Awakens. Ferdinand, 13.4, and Coco, 9.4. No, Coco's still killing it. Yep. Here's the crazy thing. As of today, which is December 20th, actually, as of December 19th, I don't know today's totals, it is domestically at 261,820,000. Mm. That is The Last Jedi. Worldwide, we're already at $536 million. Jesus. <laughs> and it hasn't even been a Man, week. No. <laughs> So that is crazy astronomical numbers. I think they had the biggest Friday opening. They had the biggest Saturday opening. It's just the numbers are nuts. So it's doing really, really well. And within those numbers, I guarantee you, they have our money. Oh, yeah. They have Eric's money. I know that for sure. He's seen it a bunch of times. We're gonna that, is that, right sure. <laughs> that is for sure. That is for sure. All right, Eric. How many times have you seen this film? I have only seen it four times. However, I have purchased 12 tickets for everybody else to go see it with me those four times. Holy mackerel. That is a, that's a lot of, that's a lot of bones. Yeah. I have seen it three times, but my three times might equal to somebody's five times. And I'll get into that in a second. Mm. Boo, how many times? Twice. Less. Twice. Okay. So we've all seen it multiple times. Mm -hmm. So we can do a nice, breakdown and review oh yeah and i'm i'm before eric gets into because i'm gonna let eric run with this and and we're gonna talk as a group but they let the star wars jedi take control of the training of the session <laughs> i got to see it in 4d oh and i got to see it at the chinese gramen's theater which is now called the tlc but it was where the original one was premiered way back i think 40 years ago or how long ago mm -hmm. that was so that was a really cool experience. They had models up. They had costumes in there. They had a pop-up bar called the Dark Sider in there, which cost 40 bucks to get into, so I didn't do that. <laughs> but I did pay $30 for my first 4D experience. And I know, Boo, you've done 4D. I have. You did it with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Well, this one was, and let me know if it was different, because some people that have done 4D, like Haas, mm -hmm. told me that theirs is a little different. Because I sat there in that chair. Mm -hmm. Huge screen, IMAX size. Every chair in the row moves mm -hmm. synchronized to every aspect of the film. Yes. Every movement of the film is synchronized with your chair. Mm -hmm. Left, right, up, down. You get air pockets shot at you from behind. Yeah. You get um, laser lights. You get smoke. Yep. And I got water splashed in my face. On the water scene with Ray. Yes. And by the way, we're going to spoil the shit out of the movie. And if you haven't seen it, I don't know why you listen to our podcast. <laughs> because uh, everybody and their mothers have seen it. Yeah. So if you have not seen it and you don't want to be, get spoiled, well, just go all the way to where it says one minute left in the 
podcast, and pretty much you'll be fine. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, right when I say we'll see you on. Yeah, exactly. So the scene where Ray is tinkering with the dark side and the water shoots up the hole, water splashed. Oh. Not in my hole, but water splashed all over everybody's face, like Mm -hmm. this big mist Mm -hmm. scared the shit out of everybody because I don't (laughs) think they were expecting it. And there was a couple scenes where my glasses fell because it tilted us so much. Yeah. And the best scene of all, Brittany Brown's very upset about the scene, Mm. where Chewbacca Mm. is barbecuing the porg. The uh-huh. smell of barbecue went all over the theater. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't tell you about that, did I? No, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, it was barbecue smell all over. <laughs> and me and my buddy Andrew, who does our social media stuff, we were in there. And for the first 15, 20 minutes, we couldn't stop giggling and laughing because we felt like little boys. <laughs> because we couldn't believe how much the thing was synchronized and moving. If you have a chance, definitely watch it in 4D. It is remarkable. And how they sync up every, even the stormtroopers march where they have Finn and Ray, boom, boom. You feel it. You, know? you tilt left mm-hmm. and right and you march with them. So definitely go see it if you get a chance. I don't think it's everywhere, but it's an amazing experience. That was my third time and it was worth every cent. Just want to get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. All right, my man. Give it to us, buddy. All right. Well, Let's be real. If somebody's listening to this, they've obviously seen it. So we don't need to crush it. We don't need to go segment by segment. No, no, no. Scene definitely by scene not. Definitely not. Break this thing down. Absolutely not. Well, but let's do this, man. Let's. Okay. First of all, let's find out what, what was your favorite moment in the movie? Who wants to go first? I'll go first because I know exactly what it is. Okay. All right. And I've said this to everybody and the, everybody that's gone and see it with me uh, for the first time, I, I elbow him. And I go, what is my favorite part? It's my favorite part. <laughs> so there's actually, there's actually two. When Luke comes out and starts going through the fire and faces the gorilla backs, those adats, and there's a shot of his silhouette from behind and it's just facing the horizon and it's just, the colors are amazing. The shot is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. That scene is my favorite scene and shot of the, of the movie. That scene and the scene where in my opinion, they kind of, I'm not going to say they ripped off, but it was very similar to Darth Maul and Obi-Wan in Rebels, the scene where it takes up the whole frame. Oh. And it's very samurai-like. They have that exact scene in The Last Jedi, and it looks beautiful. Like mm-hmm. If I could take that and put a huge poster, like a, a, a widescreen poster of that in my, in my game room, maybe I should do that. Mm. That's a great idea. Maybe if I can get a higher resolution. <laughs> um, those are my two favorite scenes. Of the film. Those are my two favorite shots. Yes. So that, there, there's mine. Boo, you go ahead. Go ahead, Boo. All right. So my favorite scene was the Millennium Falcon flying around, Chewie piloting it, just and Ray at the uh, at, at the gunner seat. That was just awesome. I, I I was pretty giddy at that point. When I saw that, I was like, fuck yeah. The Millennium Falcon looked great. Just flying around, just poning ass. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the porks were cute in it. You know, what? Yeah, Ooh, did they, they win you cute. over? They were cute. Uh, oh, less. Especially Eric. when it smacked into the windshield. That was pretty good. Uh, yeah. You like the skinless pork? Uh yeah, it was pretty tasty. Put you know, put a put a little you know, little lemon on that and be mm, oh, like a delectable. You are sick, man. <laughs> rosemary and thyme? Uh, rosemary and thyme, exactly. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> sick. Making me hungry. My second favorite shot was the cooked pork. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was. I gotta admit, I was like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. And uh, although we did not see him eat it, but we did not see him like toss it. So in my mind, he ate it. He chomped down on that shit. 
picked his teeth, the whole spiel. He ate, he, he had a, he had I don't a think he ate that night. Picked his teeth. I'm going to say he didn't eat it. No, it, it, belly it, full of pork and just, uh huh. Yeah. Just rubbing his tummy. Just like, man, that was tasty. Yeah. Oh yeah. The whole spiel. That, so that was my second favorite. And then my favorite shot was, was the light speed through the, uh, oh, the supremacy. Oh, yeah. Just man. that shot. Just, it was just pure silence and just the light that you see. That was gorgeous. What a great idea. Yeah, that was genius. We've never like, seen that on film. Yeah, what is it? My jaw dropped, and I was like, oh, shit, that's awesome. I was just like literally stunned just sitting there, just like, whoa, that's cool. That, yeah. was, that was very cool. Yeah, so, so those are my moments, yeah. Sweet, uh, man. Well, my favorite moment, and there's obviously we all have multiples, so my favorite first favorite moment was actually the throwdown in the uh, throne room with oh, Ray and Kylo. Yeah. It was just... yeah. Uh, the colors, the choreography. Mm-hmm. It didn't have a lot of uh, sword play so much, but it was great. And, I'm glad and, it didn't have a lot of sword play. We'll get that. Yeah, there wasn't a, a lot of like sword play and the lightsabers moving all over the place. But watching Kylo and Ray just go to town and and being, you know, and watching Ray like she wasn't. She's she's okay. She was training, but. That guard was basically handing it to her. Mm-hmm. And whenever she ended up one-on-one, I'm like, oh, she's going to get her butt kicked. And then it was just, yeah, just epic colors. The battle was epic. Snoke's body laying in half during that whole thing while they're just fighting all over him and fighting around that was pretty cool. And then my other part was what Boo just described, uh, where Admiral Hold, Vice Admiral Holdo, mm-hmm. basically very heroic moment, uh, just the light for me symbolized that that is the whole thing that the rebellion is built on. The the way the light came through after the, the ship spark. went through there, that yeah. spark, that whole, you know, it it really let it sink in. Mm-hmm. The way the whole shot went through, the way the whole scene went through, it let it sink in as to what people should be willing to sacrifice to stand up to tyranny. The metaphor of tyranny and just the metaphor of what's not right out there. That whole thing encapsulated for me. Obviously, my favorite shot was definitely of Luke standing there and wiping it, dusting his uh, shoulder <laughs> off. Straight dirt off my shoulders right there. Just standing there and dusting his shoulder off. And I'm like, now this is a Luke who is got the whole charisma part down. Not the, I have to be a Jedi. Like in Return of the Jedi, when he's kicking butt over the Sarlacc pit, that's him at like his most desperate, I would think. He's trying to rescue his friends. There's a lot of pressure on him. He's going at it, and you're just like, hell yeah, Luke's a badass. This one, he's just like, okay, I know what I have to do. I know what I symbolize. I know what I stand, what people look at me for and what I represent. So I better, I have to do this. So him just handling it in a way that it just seemed like he embraced it at that point for me. And let me tell you, you're right. That I want to add at the throne room scene, too. I mean, that was just, that goes without saying. That is one of the coolest shot in the history of Star Wars mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. I mean, that everything about it, it was great. And I'm gl- gl- glad it didn't have a lot of sword play mm-hmm. because if it did have a lot of sword play, we'd question how they, they both learn how to do the sword play so quickly. Yeah. Right? So they kept it still into a level where we recognized it from Force Awakens. So yes. great move there, Ryan Johnson. Was there a little bit of yeah. slow-mo in that? Yeah, at the oh, start. A lot of slow-mo. Yeah, that was great. That it was, was just cool. like... Uh-huh. I'm like... Hell yeah. What'd you think, Eric? Yeah, What's, that was, was your something. favorite moments, man. Well, the the beginning of that throne room fight where it does, it, it 
it's slow. And now I just want to say this, the, the, the volleyball movie, was that in your guys preview reel every time you've seen it? The one with Helen Hunt and can't think of the name, the miracle, the miracle season. No. I think it's called. I haven't. What, oh, is, God. That? what is that? God, you, you lucky buttholes, dude. <laughs> it's like you. It's on first. Okay, mind you, I saw it three times in a row, just you know, back to back to back. And th- on the first viewing, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be tired of this. And as predicted, I was tired of it. But it was constantly the everything moves in slow motion and then bam takes off to full speed over oh, okay. and over in gotcha. that trailer. And I'm like, God, I, don't, I hope I don't have to see that again. And then there it was in the throne room, but it was so badass. Oh, it so it was just right on. And there's a, a lot of them. The moments for me were in that fight, like seeing just Ray's absolute rage and well, well, like her ferocity, you know, just the way she was screaming when she was attacked in Snoke. And that was really well done. The shot where the dude with the like the chain link thing has reeled her in. And she's got the saber oh, in her right hand. Oh, yeah. And she drops it and grabs it backhanded with her other hand. And, dude, that was a baller. I think that... <laughs> or the guy, the or they, the guy they, grinding, they, the grinding the saber pretty much, or whatever that light thing is, onto his arm. Mm-hmm. Like, he was, like, kind of, like, just holding sharpening it, it or some shit on his arm. Like, let's go, let's do this. That was crazy as well. Yeah, that, that, whole, that whole setup was, was great. Uh, surprisingly, man, this is, this might throw you off, but one of my favorite moments in the film was when Luke and during lesson one had her sit up on the rock and <laughs> told her to reach out and she stuck her arm out and the look on his face, dude, it's like, like, I guarantee you that anybody who has worked in a production with, with me as the music director has seen me make that exact <laughs> face to them. That was I great. The way people, they did some that. people are bitching about that scene, and that's I'm great. like, that's one of the best scenes and funniest scenes do in the film. It? Do you and, feel that? <laughs> and it and it sh- and it shows the heart and warmth of of both characters and her face, pretty yeah. much going, "Oh, you mean uh, inside here, right?" That <laughs> was it's fantastic. Well, yeah, that's good. And that's something. Okay, you, you know the humor in this movie. That's been kind of a, a sore spot for a lot of people for whatever reason. You know, we can't we can't talk about this without addressing the the amount of hate this is getting right. online. But I mean, realistically people vote with their dollars and people are still going to see that movie. And out of all the times I saw it, at least 90% of the full crowd was like, yay, star Wars. So oh, yeah. it's not like the, the few voices that are making all the noise do not represent 50% of the, the fan base. You right, know. right. And I've seen it three times and there hasn't been one time where people aren't applauding at the end, you know? Right. So I, I, if I don't know who these people are that are talking so much shit. And you can have your own opinion. I 100% right. don't mind somebody not liking the film. But then to say things like complete garbage or you have ruined Star Wars forever, I don't understand that aspect of it at all. The humor in it, the, the, that's, sorry, I got us totally sidelined. No, 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 because we'll talk about more I, of that, I'm sure, throughout the whole thing. I started thinking about it because, you know, the movie starts, I'm watching it going, man, this is funny. And then, well, wait a minute, I don't know how I feel about this. And I realized in a lot of those scenes, like the, the one with Luke and with Ray on the rock, I thought that is exactly what I would do in that scenario. And like the thing with, with Poe, r- you know, ripping on Hux about, 
okay, I'll hold. Yeah, that was great. Dude, <laughs> that is that makes it honestly more true to life. Because that's what people do, do man. That's yeah. That's how that's how people it's, talk. It's, that's how that's how it yeah. works. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> okay, the biggest holy crap scene that you totally weren't expecting. Now I know you know we already touched on the Admiral Holdo and the you know going into hyperspace mm-hmm. right through the the Star Destroyers, but right. Mirage. What besides that? What was your big one? Okay, my biggest holy crap. So it definitely wasn't Yoda because we were kind of predicting Yoda mm-hmm. would be in it. Um, the biggest holy crap scene. I think, and and it truly really wasn't Luke um, wanting to maybe kill his nephew at one point because there was things floating around there that Luke's going to be bad and dark. Um, the way that Snoke died, I thought if it was going to happen, I thought it was going to be Ray. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was going to be Kylo. And the way that they made it happen and how intricate it was, because remember, Snoke is reading Kylo's mind, and there's no way he could possibly do it unless. It was the way that Snoke described it because mm-hmm. he said there's clarity now and he's going to strike down with a saber, his enemy. Mm-hmm. And he, that's exactly what happened at that moment. Snoke was his biggest enemy. Yes. And yeah, he turned on him mm-hmm. and I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting Snoke. I mean, uh, Kylo to maybe join forces with Ray and leave, but not Snoke dying this early on in, in this, in the trilogy. So that was mine. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I would have to I would have to agree that that moment I was like because I wasn't sure because you see it you see it happening you see him turning you see the lightsaber turn and all that I was like are they really gonna do it are they gonna do it and I was like oh shit that changes it doesn't change everything but all right I have no idea where we're going from here so let's fucking do it you know that was I was like oh fuck that's nuts. Okay, <laughs> let's yeah. fuck it. I was like, I, I, all right, I, I don't know what where we're going from here, so let's you know, let's just fucking go for it. And in <laughs> that scene, when that happened, and Kylo turned on him, and it's like go time, we're gonna team up and be buddy buddy on this. Uh-huh. In in my belly, I was like this like weird situation going going. Oh, this is rad, but fuck you, still, I'm not buying you being good mm-hmm. because you killed fucking Han. Yeah. Like, there's no way you can ever come back from it. Mm-hmm. So fuck you. Don't try this. Don't try this, man. This is not going to work. And yeah. I'm so happy that they decided to flip it again mm-hmm. and say, and, and have him just go straight fully dark, side, fully yeah. dark side. If that's what it is. Oh yeah. No, it's, he's, it's, yeah, it's, he's it's all about himself. Yeah. You know? on, on the side of just power and power. Control. Yeah. Cause he said, yeah, bury the past, yeah. kill it. If you have to, the Jedi, the Sith, fuck them all. Mm-hmm. Snoke, Luke, yeah, it's all about all, me. It's all about you. In the, the future. Yep, and I want the galaxy. Right. That's right. Let's rule everything. Yeah. Uh, my moment, and, and, and I'm going to, it's going to be more of a philosophical thing, but when they're on the casino planet oh. and they start talking about uh, the warmongers. Mm. And I, oh. that has never been brought to light before, if I'm not mistaken. That's never been. It has in books. It yeah, has see, in books, but not in film. And I hate to say that about myself. It's not like I've read the legends yeah, and yeah, expanded yeah. Well, and all Well, not even, stuff. yeah, not the legends. I, it probably has in legend, but in recent can't, right, Eric? It's been, these kind of like ideas have been brought to us in the, in the new canon. In, yes. Yes. Yeah, in the newer books. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, yeah, you have the empire on one end with all these awesome dreadnoughts and destroyers and, mega class ships flying around and then you have the rebellion and they're just like 
but they still have to buy their weapons. They still—it's not like they manufacture their own little junky mm-hmm. X-wing. They have to get them somehow. They gotta, you know, scrape together funds for something. So for me, it was like, oh shit, that's true. You know, these people are making money off of selling arms to both sides because this is a war. This mm-hmm. is Star Wars. It's not, you know, slings and arrows on one side and full-blown tanks roaming around. This is, you know, there's there's some real consequences here. And this brings to light those people that are just growing fat off of other people's slaughter and destruction. That's, That's right. Deep. It is yeah. deep. That's good. I think, man, my I knew Yoda was going to be in the movie. But when it came up, I for me, that was like one of the most emotional points. You know, like the little kid in me and the, the grown ass man who, who probably likes Star Wars a little too much. I was all, <laughs> just, yeah, that dude, cool. the, the, the way it, way it all pulled together was great. Uh, but I think when they cut to Luke levitating above that rock during the, you know, the end scenes, I, I don't know why, man, but it floored me. I'm not one to usually like make sound during a movie, but I think I probably said, oh, shit, because I wasn't expecting it, <laughs> You're right. you know, and and so that I would have to go with that one probably. That was that was a great moment. And it, what's funny is I look back on it every single time now and I go, God, was I just that I have the Star Wars geek, geek boy fandom fanboy blinders on? Because it's very obvious that that's not Luke. Yeah, he's younger. His he's younger. Darker. He's got the fucking lightsaber in his hand that just fucking split in two. No, and then and then they uh, they made it even more obvious is because they show Kylo move his feet and there's a there's a footprint. There's a slide. Right. Luke does the same thing. Nothing. That's right. Yeah. So, so they gave you clues that this is not. Yeah. There. But you're just, but you're, you're, you're just so you're odd. So odd. Yeah, you're so stunned, <laughs> and you're ready for it to go down. You have the fucking goggles on, yeah. right? It's yeah. like two in the morning, two a.m. in Las Vegas, and you're getting desperate. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got those goggles on. It's and, and you're you're just looking at it, and and when you see, like Eric said, when you see him levitating, you're like, oh my god, how yeah. did that even happen? Yeah. But when you watch it the second and third time, you go, man, you were dumb. Yeah, exactly. You start noticing things. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Does that just show well when you're like, in the heat of the moment and you're exactly. angry? It's you know? great filmmaking, is what oh, that yeah, is. Exactly, yeah. Does that show like the ascendant power of the force, or does that? I have that. That's the question for me. Where does that put Luke at? Does that put him as one of the most powerful Jedi? The fact that he was able to project himself. He didn't do it through like actual holograms or tech. He did it through himself. the power of the force. Yeah, yeah. From that moment, you know, right. that spot where the force originates, I guess. That sensitive spot, he's levitating. There's actual sword clashing. Like the lightsabers, they, they hit a couple of times. No, no they don't. No, they don't. Right? He doesn't no, touch no, them no. at all? No, no, he doesn't touch no. them. He just ignites He makes it, it a point to uh, evade it yeah. and dodge it. Yeah. Well, still. Because he would have known instantly. Yeah. That, so yeah, he makes it a point. Yeah, because when he strikes him, he goes. He, he doesn't feel or do anything. No. He's like, oh, shit. Right. But still, does that display alone put him... In the upper ranks. Well, how about this? How about if Obi Wan was on that rock? Could he do the same thing? Or, or, or obviously Yoda now is making lightning happen, like mm-hmm. Thor. So, huh. so is it the island? Is it that exact spot that amplifies that it, amplifies him? And remember, they gave us kind of a, a tell when when um, Kylo told Rey, 
it can't be you doing this because you would die. It's too much. It would kill you. Right. So they gave us that tell, like, this is possible, but it's going to take a lot out of you. And I've noticed this. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. Two things about the throne room scene right before they get Snoke dies. When he says Vader, it's like he's having a dark side orgasm. Did you notice? He's Vader. He, Lord Vader. Yeah. He's just like saying it. He's like, one of the things that made me drop my jaw yeah. was later when I was thinking about it. Because after Snoke dies, you see Kylo and Rey fight over Luke's lightsaber. They right. fight over it with the Force. They push each other apart, and eventually they break the lightsaber. Right. These are two extremely powerful uh, Force users. Yes. Snoke. Yeah. Snoke. Rey tries to take the lightsaber from his <laughs> yeah. side. Uh, Snoke <laughs> snatches it force with the Force from her Force grasp, I guess, if you want to call it right. that. Right. Takes it, whips it around, smacks her in the back of the head, and puts it right back to where it was. Right. That is insane. And we'll get into that in a second. I was like, holy shit. That, that should, that should mean a lot. Yeah. And then, it, you know, it's like with what Kylo did with the, with the laser bolt in The Force Awakens right at the start. Yep. Stops it. Right. In midair with the Force and carries a conversation. That's. So we're seeing levels of the Force that we've never seen before. Exactly. That's right. It's yeah. That's something a that was high, just like, highly, highly amplified level. Yeah. Exactly. Power. Craziness. Yeah. I, I remember what I was going to say. Oh, okay. When he gets the information from Ray. When she's in the air mm-hmm. and he's getting all the information and he's in, uh, he's getting it from after he's done, he's spent, he's breathing hard. Yeah. If you notice, mm-hmm. it used a lot out of him. Mm-hmm. So he's like panting a little bit and he's saying how stupid she is, how stupid Skywalker is, and it's all going to go down. So that's something else that I noticed. So doing this, these force things takes a shitload away from mm-hmm. and out of you, except for Ray and Kylo, because they seem fine when they're bridged. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. they're no worse for wear. I think. Well, that's almost good. like, uh, like for those of us who probably watch anime or into any of the like Japanese cultures, like chakra, the mm-hmm. energies. So when, uh, like, uh, there's an anime called Naruto where mm-hmm. they do all these crazy jutsus and really, really powerful things, but some of them can only maintain it for a certain amount of time. But it's like destructive level, like world destructive level or destroying level of these actions but then after that they're done they're panting and they're just like spent and you know they've wasted all their inner energy right to pull off these maneuvers so yeah maybe maybe it just could be that they're both old that luke and snoke are older yeah it could be well snoke snoke also mentions that he was the one that facilitated all of that yeah he he bridged it he bridged it Mm -hmm. so uh well let me ask you guys this before we jump into the next thing so Luke appearing in front of Kylo and, you know, having the, the last moment with his sister and all that, which A plus, man, A plus. Why? What do you think the reason is that he looked younger or, you know, actually like his face itself didn't look younger. He just looked like he was taking better care of himself. He went and got a you gentleman's know, his hair. cut. He went and got a gentleman's cut. Yeah, he yeah. Got a barber <laughs> trimmed down on the face, paid the extra money for the razor, you know. Uh, he looked very, but very... Some- Put together, yeah, yeah. Put some spanks on underneath his yes. suit and definitely spanks. Yeah, definitely yeah. spanks. Some shiny new roads, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah. So what I was thinking is that he wants to show Kylo that um, he is still a formidable threat. He is still something to be feared. I'm, I may, you know, I'm still your master. I'm, I'm what, you, I'm what, a, what I was, if not better now. Um, when you, when we actually went against each other and you destroyed my my academy, 
I'm better now. So uh, I'm not one to be uh, trifled with still. You're still my student or you're still an, an, not a student, but a, an underling. You're still below me. That kind of thing to show that, you know, he hasn't actually let himself go away from the forest. He hasn't, you know, he actually gives a shit still. That kind of thing. He doesn't want to show that, you know, he's he's, you know, given up essentially. That's that. That was my reason. Right. I, I, I think it's the last time he saw Kylo was in that form. Mm hmm. And Kylo remembers him in that form as well. So I think that had a lot to do with it, is, is my, my, uh, hypothesis about it. Uh, that last time he was training him, if you, if you notice in all the flashbacks, that was the Luke that we saw. That's my take on that one. I, I think it has to do with the island. I think that whoever's sitting there, the projection would be that best version of themselves at that moment. Well, that would give us young Luke then. Not, not what I mean is so at that moment, like at his age. So if he was younger, Luke, oh, when he got to that yes, island, yeah, exactly. So he's older, disheveled, he's given up, he's closed himself off. But whenever he does tap back into it, it's when he first got there. Yeah, it's like gotcha. this is we're going to give you your best, the ver best version of yourself. So that helps with being looking formidable or at least looking capable. That'd be As cool if Han was there. They'd get like the Indiana Jones Han. That'd be yeah. great. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be so cool. What do you think, Eric? Well, I think it's really similar to that where it's his it's his view of himself, his true self. Sort of like how, you know, suddenly Sebastian Shaw was Hayden Christensen on Return right. of the Jedi. Right. And people are like, well, because that's what that's who Anakin Skywalker really was. You know, because he was old. It's not like he was, he True. was, you know, young, dashing, 25 year old Hayden Christensen. And so th that's probably, and, and it's sort of like that body dysmorphia thing where, you know, I'm looking in the mirror going, damn, I got it happening. Look at it. Look at it. I'm <laughs> sucking it in a little bit. Everything's yeah. cool. I think it's, there's, there's probably an element of that, which made me start thinking. If that's the case, you know, he had the blue lightsaber, which we're not sure, like, had he ever had it again between the time he lost it and Empire Strikes Back? Oh. Because he, you know, he had the green saber whenever he was contemplating killing Ben Solo. So mm. he did have the green know, saber. So Ignite the Green did happen. Yeah. Well. Right. So, so dream. my thought was, okay, if this is his, his vision of his true self what would have been a baller move is if he had his real hand instead of oh, the robot yes hand. that's right mm. and that would have been a big like if he, he pulled the glove off at the end when he was talking to kylo and held his hand up and it <laughs> that would have been not not even bad. that eric he didn't even have to like hold his hand up he would have just taken his gloves off like he's getting ready to battle and just dropped it after he did his little brush off the shoulder and just taking his gloves off you know, and like a baseball player does after he strikes out, and then flips him off with his uh, <laughs> his new his new. Uh, oh yeah, hand. flips him off with his fucking real finger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. that's true. That is that is true. Great. Scene, okay, though. so, oh man, yeah, D dude, let's just stop right now and go see the movie real quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, now, what was? Was there a concept introduced? Like, what was your favorite, like, big picture concept that they brought up in this movie that we hadn't seen before? Oh, and I, like the example I would give is that, um, that the force is for everybody. It's right. not just some power the Jedi had that it's right there for the taking, but people just have to open themselves up to it. 
I like that that notion. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that entire notion, and I love the fact that maybe some people have it a little bit more than others. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, think about it. You're a professional athlete. You're a great, amazing guitar player, like Eric Struthers. Some people have it. Mm-hmm. No matter how much you practice, some people can't get to the level of Jimi Hendrix or Jimmy Page or Alex Lifeson. Or some people can't hit a baseball like Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. No matter how much you practice, you just have it. And it's, it's a either God-given talent or whatever you want to think it is. The midichlorians. The midichlorians or whatever. So I, I love the fact that it's open to everybody. If you meditate, you can feel it. But some people can really feel it. And I love going into the future that Ryan Johnson decided, I don't care pretty much. Obviously, I care what happened in the past of these movies. But it's time now, just like Kylo Ren, to move forward. Mm-hmm. Like Sal said when in our Sal from now this podcasting, this is the first time that we have a Star Wars movie that we're not looking back to the past. Mm-hmm. We are looking straight to the f- future, and we there's no questions to be a- answered from the past, not not much at least. Yeah, and it's the first time that we feel this way, and I think that's why it was jarring for people. Uh, their theories didn't get answered. Mm-hmm. Uh, their movies in their head, their head cannons weren't on screen and it was a little bit a little bit too much for people but i love it and i love that that's my biggest um uh, like plus of this film was he had the balls to to send this to another area which nobody has done before mm-hmm. other than lucas and lucas that was his ideas uh every yeah, other his, movie was different. yeah and, and 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 let me say people were not happy after empire when they walked out when people found out that Vader was the father, and they still didn't really know if it, was, if it was a lie or not, people were pissed. So I wonder if there was social media back in the day, if this reaction would be even greater. Probably. I, I think it would be. Mm-hmm. So sorry I went off on that, Eric. But so, yeah, the whole, concept oh, no, that's of the, okay. the whole concept of the film is exactly what I loved about it. It, it was just like, I'm going to do this, and I think this is best for Star Wars, and some people are going to hate it. But I'm going to do what I think is best, and hopefully you'll like the ride. Yes. And obviously, a majority of the people, excluding the executives mm-hmm. of the Lucasfilm and Walt Disney Company, love the ride so much they're going to give them the next trilogy. Yep. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. So <laughs> my uh, my favorite concept was the idea that Ray is able to use, like Struthers said, her ferocity. We've always seen a Jedi be a calm, cool, collected individual. I felt was good. It was good and it was, it was, it was cool to see, but it's not very real. Right. You know, people, everybody has their demons. Everybody has their, their dark place. Like, like even Luke used it at, at, at the end of Jedi where he's angry. He's wanting to kill his father. Right. But he makes his decision not to. But at that moment, when he is balancing his good and his evil and, uh, when he utilizes both, he's at his most powerful. So I think that is something that needs to be pushed forward. As far as the idea of a new Jedi and a new Sith. And the other thing that I liked most is that uh, Kylo has gone full evil, but he doesn't have the eyes. I think we've progressed past just the idea of an evil person. He is something else now. The, 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 the evil that is in the universe, the Sith has changed where it is not just, you know, anger leads to hate and all that stuff. It is something, something more. There's more, there's more emotion. The more the emotional spectrum is used as far as both sides of being a Jedi and a Sith. 
I think I think that is a good idea that we've progressed past this almost childlike idea of good and bad. Right. There's not just that. You know, like we even saw that there's other evil in the universe. And that's not just the Empire and the Sith. There's these warlords who are just selling arms, munitions, mm-hmm. you know, uh, artillery and all that stuff just for financial gain, which is fucked up. Right. So I, I, I like this idea that we're progressing into a more modern and a more better understanding of emotions and stuff like that you know, further into the uh, Star Wars universe. Yeah, I 100% on board. Well, I have a couple. Mine, first of all, the overall notion of people questioning authority. I really, I, I'm a nat- slightly, well, actually, I'm a naturally rebellious person, especially yeah. if something doesn't make sense. Okay, Jen or so. Fuck authority. Or if something, like, Silent seriously, <laughs> if something doesn't make sense, or if it looks like things are being complicit, or... You're not telling me where to go. So, like, for me, Poe taking the bull by the horns, yes, he's making rash decisions, but he's thinking, for him, he's going, what are we doing here? We're in the middle of, you know, I have to do, someone's got to make these decisions. We're in the middle of a battle. We're going to die. Like, we're, things going to go real, real south real quick right. if we don't do certain things. I kind of like that. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, did it get him in trouble? Yes, did it get him demoted? Did it get him reprimanded did it yes, kill it, a shit ton of people yes it did yes was the the loss of life great yes but did it caused the whole situation they were in in the movie yes yes but ultimately i like <laughs> that him questioning and then even kylo questioning authority and then even ray kind of like you said like you said carlos using her ferocity her representing the pushback or the new thing where yoda's like you have to embrace this Luke, you have to embrace what she is. She's not following the path. She's opening things. It's a wider, wider view of things. It's a, mm-hmm. There's a different spectrum being introduced here. Things don't make sense, and it's okay for her to go against that. It's okay for you to like her going against things that are not traditional. And even Luke saying, you know what? All this tradition and well, all this other it's stuff. It's crap. It's gotten us nowhere. It's mm-hmm. gotten exactly. This is a big freaking zero left here. The other one was for me was also for Finn. He is exactly what he is. When he sees that something ain't going right, he's going to be like, shit, I got to go. Or when he sees that, or when someone like, you know, grabs him basically and shakes him and says, wake the F up, dude. Then all of a sudden he's like, oh, okay, now I can do something. So he's, you know, he's really fickle. But then like when he sees that there's a way out of the pressure, he gets on it and and he was going to do the ultimate sacrifice at the end. He yes. was 100. percent And he I was. thought I thought he was goner, dude. Me too. I yeah, thought I thought that over. was going to be the big surprise. Yeah. And I was like, oh no. In something that you guys are hitting on right now is that so many people were weirded out, I guess, for lack of a better word, of what Ryan Johnson decided to do with the character Luke Skywalker. And I guess my confusion lies in: look, if you look at what happened in Force Awakens. Luke's gone. He's completely isolated himself. The galaxy is going to shit. The First Order has risen up into power. Um, Those planets being destroyed, surely he would have felt that through the Force. Uh, He blamed himself and took off. What kind of Luke are you going to find on that island? Yeah. You're going to find exactly what we got. Somebody who's broken and disillusioned and realizes that the very thing that they chased their whole life was, you know, being held up by a stack of ideals that weren't 
that turned out to not be realistic. And I think that is a super cool way to represent where he's at. Absolutely. You know? well, what I, do you I expect? Mean, like him sunbathing? Like fucking fishing in the island? Yeah. Like, like, of course he's going to be beat down. He he did fish, though. Right. Yeah, he did fish. So yeah. champ- <laughs> that was a champion scene, too. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, you're now, right. You're right, some- Yeah, I mean, I typically am, but... um. <laughs> but but seriously though i mean think about it big picture what goes into somebody's mind who takes off like that and his reasonings for why the jedi should end were all spot on they were because when mm-hmm. i when we saw that teaser at celebration i'm like no dog that nope that <laughs> no sir better not but then when he's like well here's here's why think about the jedi and think about you know in their their maximum at their peak their pinnacle you know j- just their vanity palpatine rose to power right underneath their noses mm-hmm. and right. you know they they were so concerned about maintaining the illusion of what they were about that they they couldn't see the forest for the trees exactly and when you think about it what happens with snoke in in the throne room kind of the same thing he's mm-hmm. so sure of the situation that he misses the very thing that's going on right next to him um, anyway, <laughs> let me ask you guys this. Is there something in the film that you could have lived without? Huh. Uh, yes. And I don't know how they would have done it, but the, I mean, it, it doesn't kill me after watching it three times now. It, it, I, the first time was a little jarring for me, but the Mary Poppins Leia scene was kind of weird for me. And only because we have never seen her use her force power. Um, on film so for us to see that in that way and her wake up especially when we know carrie is gone or may she rest in peace and thinking this might be the way we say goodbye to her which which wouldn't have been cool for her to like be floating in space but uh, that was a little weird for me so that would be mine yeah, so mine mine would be uh Haldo withholding the information about the plan from Poe Dameron. That served no purpose besides suspense. Well, don't you think that Poe would have stopped her? No, he would have been like oh, we, he, uh you explained like when the plan was explained to him, he's like, "Oh, okay. Let's do it." He was, you know, he was he was gung-ho about yeah, it. Yeah, but you don't think she was expecting that plan to go down and her to ram- to commit a samurai uh, samurai mission, a suicide mission. I, I think a kamikaze mission. I think Poe would have jumped in in front of her. That's what I'm saying. I think that's what would have happened instead. That's we why she held that. She held that to the very end. She knew what was exactly what was going down. She knew that the captain of the ship at that point had to go down with the Titanic. Yes. So I'm. Not, she can't tell anybody because they're going to try to stop her, especially Poe Dameron, who would say, "There's no way you're going down. You're too important for this cause. You have to come." As well, uh, I, I think I still think that uh, at his moment where he's like, "I'll stay on the ship." Leia could have still stunned him, still stunned him. They could have still put him on the stretcher. I just, I, I, I felt kind of, come on, I'm, I'm, I, I don't need that. I'm not that okay. dumb. You could have, you could have done that a different way. Like exactly like we just said, where she explains the plan. He's like, "I'm, I'll stay." I'll do it because somebody needs to pilot, right. pilot the the craft, right? And then Leia walks in and stuns him. Stuns him. <laughs> so no, you're not the same thing. You know, well, Leia didn't know the plan either until she explained it. No, because she no. says to her, "Let's go. It's our time to get on board." Yeah, no, no, I, no, I, I, I get that, but it still could have happened without the 
needless idea of of the suspense. By the way, she agreed really quickly. Leia? Yeah. Yeah. She's like, no, I've lost. It could have been Leia's moment, too. I lost. It, I, I thought it, it, I thought it really could have been Leia's moment. It could have been Leia's moment saying, I'm going to go ahead and stay. You I guys thought it should have been, yeah. <laughs> I guess I, I couldn't have done without the whole Luke going down and getting that green milk. <laughs> Maybe him just having it, but because I mean, that never, they never went back to that. They never, it was just there. Like, what did Randy say in the podcast? Well, how did the first time go down? Like, yes, like, <laughs> how did that even happen? That thing's just sitting there. They're both, those two adults, whatever the fuck they were. Yeah. Sea cows. Sea cows. Manatees, I don't know. They're crazy. <laughs> That's what a sea malls cow and, is. Malls and boobies. Yeah, and that they're just weird. sitting there like, please, someone come just bl- blast me off, please. I need this. Blast <laughs> face me off. Makes <laughs> they're just so there, and it looks like they're <laughs> irritated, and it's like, you think, uh, just compress how the thing. first time I went down. It, dude. And he just like walks, oh, I could. Yeah, Master, Master Jedi Skywalker, can you blast me off? Please, please. just, uh, I need release and relief. It's just so horrible. I was like, and she did not like being looked at. No, 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 no. no I, I thought she did, and Ray was creeped out. Like, oh, okay, this I, I looks thought, I thought she didn't like it, and Ray's like, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I thought it was oh, the other really? way around where Ray is creeped out. Oh, where, okay. Where the sea cow is like, oh, yeah. And then <laughs> oh, Ray's like, maybe oh, he takes this a quick creepy. slug of it, and he's like, Ugh, like, yeah, you know, like it's got some kick to it. That was very like, odd. What's up with that? Dude? That was but, very odd. I mean, yeah. Whatever. That was all part of it. It didn't really bug me, bug me, but I'm like, I don't know if we really. How about the tribute to the hardware wars? Wait, wait, wait. What what was that? That was the iron. It was the iron. That was a tribute tribute to hardware wars. Where hardware wars is, I don't know if you know, but hardware wars came out after Star Wars came out. (laughs) And they're pretty much used appliances to do the Star Wars. Oh, that's funny. And it was hilarious. And instead like of Han Solo, the guy's name was Ham Salad. Something like that. Something <laughs> like that. And then they go, we're caught in a tractor beam. It's broken down and you look at it's a, a cartoon of a tractor yeah. on a on a belt, like rolling the belt. Do you remember that's that, Eric? funny. Oh, of course, man. Yeah. So, And I read that's a, a direct, because a lot of people said, oh, that's very Spaceballs. But it was an actual direct tribute to Hardware Wars. They're going to do uh-huh. Spaceballs. You get Pizza the Hut in there. Yeah, yeah you get the have people munching yeah. on him, dude. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. What did you? What did you? What did you uh, not like, Eric? I think for me, man, the the Leia using the Force scene. And let yeah. me preface it with this, though. I think the concept of it is great. I'm glad that they did it. And for me, it's just the visual, the way they went about it was, I don't know. It, it just it it came off a little bit wrong for some reason. It didn't bother me. It, it came, still it came was off fake, emotional. I. Well, yeah, I think that's it. It just, it, it looked, it looked fake. Yeah. And I, I think I understand the why, but it, it I mean, I still was like getting all misty. I, dude, I cried several times in this movie because right. I'm a baby. No, no, it's all right. It, I, I it cried really a did. Bit scene as well. <laughs> it gets me. It got I me re- all three it really times. Did. Yeah, it really did move me, man. But it's, it just visually, it looked fake. And that was sort of took me out of it a little bit. Yeah, I agree. But I agree with that one. Past that, man, there's really nothing else in there that I'm like, no, no, take that out. Take that out. So for me, and I tend to nitpick stuff, you know, actually, I'll take that back. There was something. It was in the scenes where um, Holdo is talking to Poe. And, you know, putting him down and telling him, listen, Mr. Man, here's what, here's how things are going to go from now on. The editing is sort of poor in okay. there. 
and I noticed it first thing and I'm like, oh, I wish I hadn't seen this and now I can't look away. When they're doing the behind her shoulder shots of um, Oscar Isaac's face, you can plainly see her face moving. She's speaking, but it's in a part where her character is silent. And then when she's talking, you know, and, and it's like, I can tell. And I mean, I get it. I get how it goes, man. Editing video. I've done it enough to be like, dang it. It's almost impossible. Really need this. And here's what this has to be. But when I could see it so easily in a movie that costs that much money to make. Right. And it was in my first viewing where I'm just enthralled and still to see it. I'm like, oh, dang. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't notice something that that I wish they could have. Well, good luck not seeing it now. Yeah. Now it's going to be glaring. Yeah. It's going to be glaring. (laughs) So, yeah, that would be that would really be it for me, man. Everything else I love. Yeah. Me too. Me too. What is uh, let me ask you guys a question real quick. What do you really think about Ray's lineage? And do you think this is a lie? Do you think we're going to get surprised in episode nine? And find out that Kylo was lying and it was somehow she wasn't getting it? Or are we going to find out that she was left off by these two people? Maybe those two people weren't her parents and she was given to them? Okay, because this is a really big point for me, man. And then I think the entire movie is setting up the whole premise that, you know, the force is for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I saw somebody had had a tweet that was, there are many arguments of why they didn't like this movie and one of them was that we wanted ray to be somebody okay well she was somebody mm-hmm. she was ray yeah and the fact that she doesn't have this lineage makes her accomplishments all the more great okay who were obi-wan kenobi's parents who were yoda's parents were, well you know they they were extremely powerful they didn't as far as we know they didn't come from quote unquote someone you know, true. And the when when Kylo Ren is saying, you know, your parents, he's like, say it, say it. She already knows. Yeah, she deep. And, down you know, so. he's he's yeah, she knows already. And she's just not wanting to admit it to herself. And in the scene where she's in the, the cave and man, that was super cool. Like the mirror after mirror after mirror when she especially when she snaps, <laughs> dude. That was really cool. Yeah. But, you know, she knows. And what she's hoping for is a glimpse that her parents aren't the turds that she knows they are. Right. You know, and the reason that it, it can, you know, the two shadow figures converge coming up behind that, the, the, the foggy glass and it's her. She's all she's ever needed. Yeah, that, she, she's, she's her parents. She, she is herself. And I think. That, like I said, she knew it already. Kylo Ren didn't surprise her. He he just forced her to deal with her own realization of it. But it, my personal take on it is, is that with the idea of what the what the Force is and why some people have a more pronounced relationship to it, it is. It's like predisposition to certain skill sets. But her being completely isolated and growing up in just like crushing loneliness is probably what led her to be so connected to the force. Oh, wow. That's a good point. It all comes together. It all makes sense, you know, and I think it makes her story even better than if it turned out that she was, you know, from some glorious bloodline. 
That's a great point you brought up with about Obi-Wan and Yoda. I never thought of that. Who is who are their parents, mm-hmm. right? So well, any of the Jedi. Any right? of them. Yeah, well, really. Yeah. It's not like Mace Windu. It's not like you hear the name or Windu Qui-Gon's parents. Who is Qui-Gon's Jin, yeah. Well, he's part of the great Jin family. Yeah. yeah. The idea of the force being for everybody. I mean, that's probably one of the reasons that Poe is such an exceptional pilot. Mm-hmm. As he's probably connected via the force and he doesn't even know it right you know it's kind of like the reason anakin was good at pod racing they thought it was just unbelievable reflexes when a little bit of it is is uh um what's the word i'm looking for like uh precognition yeah you know Mm -hmm. that's one of the you know yeah and so that's one of the reasons that you know the force is is connects everything and everyone to everything not and that all just shores up that idea. And now I'll stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right, man. Yeah. And then, you know, going back to the whole parents not mattering, this is the only time, well, not the only time, but this is one of the very few times where parents have actually mattered because for the Jedi, you're taken away from your parents at a very young age. So they're not a factor. So for people to really, really care who are her parents, who are her parents? Well, to be honest, it doesn't really fucking matter. It, it's, it's, it's who she is. And what she's going to be. And, and, and like Struthers was saying, it's cool that it's a new character. It's not a, you know, the glorious bloodline. It's a new character. Anybody can be not chosen, but can be the shining light for the Jedi. It doesn't matter if you're a Skywalker or if you're a Jin or any of that bullshit. It's just how the force deems you to be the one, the, the, uh, the tip of the arrow kind of thing yeah. where you are, you are the main force that's going to fight evil or the, or, or the dark side. So yeah. So I, I think it makes for a better story. More characters can be added and it's not just the Skywalkers are the only ones who can, the, the Jedi and, and the universe has continued or the galaxy has continued before the Skywalkers were there. There was other, there's other awesome Jedi, other awesome characters before them, just because these, they are the ones that were, the important ones now doesn't mean that they're going to need to be from here on. Yeah. And they can't be. No. If we want to make movies for the next 15, 20 years, they exactly. can't be. No, it can't be a, st- so a Skywalker get every pissed. single time. Yeah. So people yeah. are going to get pissed at one point or another. Yeah. It was so just going to happen. So might as well rip the Band-Aid off now. You well, know? no. And, and they did flip it. If you think about it, Kylo is a Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. He's a, he just happens to be a Solo. So his last name just happens to be Solo. He's oh, yeah. still a Skywalker. So the lineage... Is still represented. That's that should let you know there's always the black sheep in the family. It's like, you know, everybody's a good one, and oh, we we're all doctors and lawyers and all that stuff. But you know, cousin Jimmy over there has been to jail four times. Damn. You know, it's like yeah, and he's a drug addict, and he's he's gone through it all. And he you know, up cousin Jimmy was a dick though. Yeah, and I get Thanksgiving. <laughs> Jimmy's flipping the table over at some point because everybody else is snooty. That's that's <laughs> Kylo. Like he's like, yeah, you know what? That, that's yeah, it's true. Fuck all you bastards! I'm yeah. out. You guys Fuck with your freaking Rolls Royces and all that shit. I don't care. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> he just wants to go up in his room, listen that's, to some AFI. That's it. Uh, listen oh, to some Thirty Seconds of Mars, and just be you know what? The, and a lot out. of people are like loving this version that he's an emo. He looks a little emo, and he's got the hair and all that stuff. Well, the emo was the last one. Yeah, but his emo ness was last one, dude. Yeah, but he's now he's... he this time to me, Kylo was like evil. I'm a fucking evil piece of shit. 
and I don't care, and that's who I am. Mm-hmm. And just join me because I care about you, and you have nothing else, Ray. <laughs> you <laughs> know what? And when he says that word, nothing, you are nothing. You're, no- yeah, you're he's nothing. Like, you have nothing. That's right. You have you nothing. Are nothing. nothing. When like, he says that, every dude. time in the theater, there's people that gasp when yeah. he says that, like, you son of a bitch. I was like, damn, dude, that's cold. Well, you know, that's something that, like, any classic abuser or, you know, like what a pimp does, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep them in check and you gotta, mm-hmm, you yeah. gotta keep them to where they rely on you for like, um, emotional reassurance and the way he's pulling that off. But there's also something that he says in there that like piles all, all of this up in a, in a bigger and bigger sandwich. Well, for one, you know, Snoke mentions the bloodline w- along with a basically, and look what that got me. Right. You know, so th- meaning that that's not really where the answer lies. No. And That's then true. it comes around and Kylo Ren says, you're nobody. You don't, be- you're not part of this story. You don't, <laughs> right. don't belong here. And I mean, he basically, what he's saying is, is, Hey man, the, what, how we thought this story was supposed to go well, it. That, that didn't work out. And it's, it was such good writing of <sighs> the dialogue to, he's explaining the big picture in this monologue to her to, ev- to everybody and, to everybody yeah including the viewers yeah yeah you didn't belong here this wasn't how this was supposed to go that's what he's saying to her right and, dude home and, and, effing and, run and when he says bury the past mm-hmm. the past is dead yeah yeah you're right that's just great writing man Ugh. and i mean this is a direction i personally feel like if they're either going to make this move or keep making the exact same movie over and over again you know yeah exactly but, Exactly. And I, and that, that's, this is where, like I said, you rip off the bandaid and you, you go to another direction. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm very happy with how this movie came out. I'm very happy where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Now is episode nine. I mean, we could talk three hours about episode nine, but are we going to still have that feel because we have Abrams doing it? Is Johnson writing episode nine? No. Okay. Yeah. I actually was just reading a thing about it today where he said, no, I'm not. I'm not writing it, which sucks because what I don't want to have happen is for J.J. Abrams, who, which I love The Force Awakens, man. I think he did a banger job with so did I. it, so but did I don't I. want him to undo. Yeah, I don't want him to undo any of the stuff that Ryan Johnson. Right. That's why I asked that question, because he can just come back and go. That's why I ask about the Ray thing, because if he comes back and says, well, you know, really, those two are brother, sister. And he was just she was suppressing this thing and he lied to her and he, she believed he was she was. Weak at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not cool with that at all. Uh, yeah, no. that could easily happen no. if he pushes. But I don't want that either. We need the diversity. We need the wide range. We need the force to be available to all. Mm-hmm. Encompassing. Yes. There you go. I mean, it's just like uh, a, the sports analogy. Everybody starts off playing around. You know, you play in your backyard. Then you play with friends. And you play with teammates. And... While you're playing football in Los Angeles, there's a kid in New York who's doing just as good as you. You know, while you're there's a kid in Utah doing just as good or better than everybody. And, and then he tears good. an ACL and he's out for his career. That, Damn. And that happens, yeah. And then they Damn. say, it's time for my career to end. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. That got dark real quick. <laughs> but, yeah, it's the same thing. Like, that should be the force. While there's somebody on, you know, one planet that's yeah. got a high connection, someone else. Right. You know, and everywhere. And all of a sudden, you start getting to where the pyramid gets to the point where there's only like, you know, 10 people that are the elite 
of the That's elite. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. That and can like, run things. Those are the professional athletes in your analogy, right? Like, yes. like I said, yeah, exactly. Well, there's only one Robert De Niro, and there's only one Al Pacino, and there was only one Brando. Right. Or so, Leo Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they sit atop of the soccer right. world forever. Exactly. And everybody else is as good, but they're just not there. That's right. right. Overall, I, again, love the film. Can't wait for the next one. I know all three of us, plus all four of us, have, I would imagine, the Sith list seal of approval. Absolutely. You don't even have to ask. I know. Yeah. Come on. Well, I don't know. It's fucking I mean, people do want to hear it. Well, you would would think that, but just go on the internet right now and and look at some diehard Star Wars fans that are on Twitter. That are, our handles are all about Star Wars that are blasting this thing. No, and there are some things that you can have issue with yes i do have an sure. issue with it's not a perfect film no i no. do have issue with snoke going out like that allegedly. i still think i think it's great i have a problem i still with, think we're gonna find out more about snoke in nine i have a problem with carrie fisher not being sent off yes i, yeah, I do have odd. a problem with that but yes. you know what i'm not gonna make that no a break a backbreaker for me yoda's appearance was great it was cool it was awesome i love that shouldn't have been the puppet Yes, it should, should have. Not have. It oh, should have been because it, it was Empire through Definitely through should have. It should 100% yes. have been the puppet. No. It, it, they have you know not, what? they have still to this day not got that CGI right of Yoda. Still to this day. It still doesn't look as good as Empire. And this was the Empire Yoda. Yeah, 100%. See, yeah. this is the problem is because he grew up with the prequels. He grew up with the prequels. I did. Yeah. So, yeah, no, but, yes. but, but when you compare Star Wars, even, even uh, the original trilogy, um, even for its time, was fucking incredible. Okay, so the Empire, hold on, hold on, the Empire hold, hold on, Yoda, hold on, uh, looks amazing. Right, looks incredible. Still to this day, holds up. It is fucking awesome. Right, and then you give me the prequels. Although it is all CGI, I get that. I get that, but it still looks amazing. Okay, but when you compare the CGI Yoda, although he's not perfect, but he does look very good compared to the puppet, where he stands out as being something different something less visually than the rest of the movie and the rest of the trilogy that hurts okay so that hurts a lot like uh like uh was it uh what's his name um jabba he looks i i know that's a, a couple of dudes and a puppet he looks great right the, the little rat thing that he has next to him that laughs yeah the chain on it, that looks even better right and i get that but yoda yoda is a step down in a movie that had that made massive strides Wait, wait, so you're saying that the Empire Yoda was shitty? Yes, in my eyes, yes. Okay. Well, that's... that's, well, that's see, well, I, that's your I've, opinion. Yeah, Go ahead, no, yeah that's Go my ahead, opinion, Eric. of course, yeah. That, to, to me, that's... I mean, I get it. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Um, but, like, I look at it, e- even with a pretty critical eye, and it, it he looks 100% real to me, you know? My kids, I mean, yeah, they're admittedly young, but they've grown up only knowing, like, top-shelf, uh, effects, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. because of all the modern movies, they they think he's real as can be, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he, 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 they did such a great job with it. When you look at like how Mark Hamill, if you've like heard any of the stories, uh, there was actually an episode of Steel's podcast where they it was talked about, but Mark Hamill like got so into it, you know, that they had when he was doing, you know, the right at the camera shots yeah. and they had the puppet right there where he could see it he, he was so into it when they were getting ready to do the straight on shots for yoda he's like do i need to stand over here and they're like he's not real mark he's a puppet and he's like oh shit because it was so 
he was yeah. so it was so in the moment. Mm-hmm. So I think that the puppet was the best choice. And I think it's a mixture of both. I think they use CGI yeah, a is. little and puppet. And then what I was going to say is, is this movie is clearly a purging. It's clearly a, a, a new baptism. It's clearly a washing away of things. And what better thing to throw off and cast away than to have the puppet version of Yoda. When we're saying, you know, let go of the past, the past is done, it's dead. Why not have that? Why not have the puppet version that we saw in Empire sitting there and then giving him a send-off and letting him roll out with it, too? I, mm-hmm. I, I will give you, though, in the original Phantom Menace, they used the puppet Yoda. <laughs> yeah, with the CGI behind him. <laughs> no, no, no. Was this, but but the, the puppet Yoda was just horrific. Yes, terrible. I mean, terrible. Yeah, not good. And they went back and changed it. Mm-hmm. Um, when the DVDs came out Thank to the CGI. Mm-hmm. And they went with CGI for the rest of the film. Yes. And I'm not talking shit on the CGI Yoda. The CGI Yoda was crazy. And what they did with them was crazy. Yes. But it, but nostalgia and having Luke in that scene and and having it be exactly that kind of moment again and yes. having the Empire Yoda. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yoda's hard to get to get down perfectly. Because yeah, Rebels tough. has fucked him up completely. <laughs> and... Clone Wars, you know, you know, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of that animation. And Yoda's a little bit, again, jarring to when I see Yoda like that. So to see him back to what I grew up with, Yoda, uh, that was just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It was just amazing. Oh, it was, it was great to see him. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, you know, a little nitpicky, but yes. And I heard somebody asked Ryan Johnson, I read an article about how come would you ever contemplate having Obi-Wan? And he said he would have loved to have you and McGregor pop up. But mm-hmm. it just didn't fit with the storyline. Yeah. But that does, and then that he said something like, uh, "Well, that doesn't mean that maybe in Episode Nine, um, the story does mm-hmm. merit that." So that would be crazy. But but well, we well, we already saw uh, the guy who played Obi Wan in the original trilogy. What's his name? The actor's name? Al, Al Guinness. Guinness. Al Guinness. Yeah. We already saw him being the Force Ghost. So how can you have a younger Force Ghost? Well, what they would what? probably do is make him look older. Oh, okay. That is something that Ryan Johnson actually addressed. And that was one of the reasons that oh, they okay. didn't use an Obi-Wan Force Ghost is because Luke only interacted with the Alec Guinness version of Obi-Wan. And so if you really want to make it tie together hard, Yoda is the only one left. You know what I mean? That makes sense. So like, that, was yeah. a, that was a cool move. I just read it in an article today. Mm. And there you go. Um, so Luke interacted with that Yoda. Yeah. So maybe if it was yeah. an, a, a different person, mm-hmm. that CGI Yoda would be popping out. That mm-hmm. version of Yoda. I, I I think they could have made him look older and puppet like, but CGI. That's what I'm saying. And I think yeah. that's one reason Frank Oz wanted to come back. To tell you the truth, mm-hmm. probably because it was going to be puppet Yoda. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, if that if that caused him to come back, it's definitely worth it. Oh yeah. Well, it, let me ask you guys this then, Glenn. I know we've gone a little long on it. No, no, but it's all right. If you had to, if you had to pick, man, best best acting performance in this movie. Oh, that's a great question. Great question. Hmm. You want to take this Dude, one? Dude, this one, this one has been crushing me. So yeah. I want to hear what you guys say. Okay, that's a tough one. Um, wow, mine uh, is Poe. Oh, is really? Poe? Mine is Poe because okay. he goes from being. Uh, balls to the wall. I got to do this. I got to do this. We got to do this. We got to win. We got to go. We got to go to more of a leader. You see him change 
Uh, you see him, you know, go from, you know, he says, we got to bail. We can't do this. He'd, you know, you, you see him change and realize that it's more, you have to be more of a leader now. You have to be more of a, was it a, a guiding light? Like, uh, like Leia is and, and Haldo is right. instead of just being, you know, the, the fly boy, like she calls him, you can't mm-hmm. be that anymore. You, you have to take charge and be a different person. It's so cool. I, she called him yeah. fly boy. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so his, his change I thought was, was the best. Well, for pure, like acting and just character, like acting chops for this. Yeah. Film. Oh, it's easily. And I'm sure everybody, once they hear this, they're all going to go, you're right. It's del Toro. Del Toro, Benicio del Toro, when his, he's his three minutes on screen, but he just great. comes in and puts it down. He's his his it, acting, yeah, he was amazing. He's in his three minutes does but. his thing, but you asked for acting. But ultimately, I mean, if you're gonna kill me on that one, I mean, I'll take that for sure. I agree but. with he. He came in and it, it it upset me. You know, one thing that upset me in the movie is not enough him. Mm-hmm. Not enough of him. Yeah, well, not enough of a lot of things. And we, if we have gripes, yeah, I mean, not enough of Phasma. And hopefully that, yeah, oh, not, not enough, not enough of. And, and obviously, Snoke got cut down, and there's a lot of different things. But yeah, not enough, not enough Phasma, not enough of Del Toro. He kind of did the whole "I got you guys, I got your back, but I'm gonna betray you" thing. That's not the last time we see him. No, no it no. isn't the last time. And you know what? I want more because mm-hmm. that was pretty damn good. Uh, but I mean, I guess I'll just take the the easy choice. Daisy Ridley did really well. Yeah, that just, multiple yeah. that little thing where she walks she falls down the hole and the multiple rays and like in a t- in a straight line and her cl- she's snapping her fingers and that whole thing her her acting when Snoke is torturing her that's just her there's not like it's not like they're putting fire to her feet Mm-mm. it's not like they're literally pinching her or something like that that's against union r- uh, rules I'm sure it is yeah. the labor laws definitely yeah. come no fire to the feet please no. but uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably in her contract too. I hope so. <laughs> no fire to the feet, please. But yeah, just you know, everyone did great. But yeah, her moments of agony, her moments of triumph, her moments of defiance—like when she's looking at, like right away when she senses Kylo and she's looking at him and she grabs a blaster and just lets one off. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, and she's like, "You're gonna pay for what you did." She's not letting go of anything. Like, yeah, that that was probably. That's the vanilla answer, and I'll take it. I'll stand by that. Okay. But Benicio del Toro did rip it. For yeah, the he was few great. Minutes he was on the best. No, no, I have the ultimate answer. The best actors no. on the on the uh, uh, in in the movie Industry. were the uh, the natives of. Oh, Octu. yeah, they're getting the, they're the very emotion very good that they showed <laughs> when Ray was fucking up their shit was great. <laughs> hey, do you remember when Jason came on? Those were the caretakers that he dropped on our episode. Yes. He said it's long he's like almost a year ago. Yeah. He said I'll drop this on your podcast. There's going to be some caretakers and they're going to be cool looking I mean kind of like nuns. Yeah. Those were those were it. Yeah, they were they were awesome. Yeah, they were cool. <laughs> my my I think to me the one that impressed me the most was Adam Driver. Adam uh, Driver emotionally his he had parts of humor a couple times just by looking at Hux. Mm-hmm. Um, I I thought Adam Driver just l- leaps and bounds just like from the Force Awakens to this just progressed like crazy like took that next level uh, of character and acting. So I, I loved Adam Driver in this movie. I thought and and Ray was fantastic too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Daisy really was great. Yeah, both of those. I, I mean, both of those are great picks, man. This the scene where. You know, after the the throne room is just littered with bodies, and 
with Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley talking and he's like, no, no. And the way he delivers those next few lines, man, is so good. He's so believable. Yeah, when he says um, when he says you're nothing, yeah. he, it, it feels so real. You're like fucking a yeah. man. Yeah, it's yeah. so great. For for me, man, Mark Hamill just just pounded this thing into the ground. I had a buddy of mine who he hated the Force Awakens, and so you can take his opinion with a grain of salt because obviously he's a crazy person. But <laughs> uh, you know, he asked me. He said, "I feel like Mark Hamill's acting chops that like he lost him." I'm like, "Are you kidding?" He wasn't that great of an actor yeah oh man he sold it visually his line delivery his just his tone and his take on it and for somebody who you know they keep showing in these these things that like oh my god somebody had posted this this video of (laughs) with of course with johnny cash's version of hurt playing (laughs) and all these scenes where you know it's mark hamill in every interview talking about how he fundamentally disagreed with the direction Ryan Johnson was taking his character. I mean, they never mentioned like the next words that he says in the interview, you know, about how. And then I, you know, really got behind it and right. totally get it. But for somebody who wasn't initially super hip to it, man, he convincingly grabbed onto the idea that they were taking that character, the direction they were taking it. and and blasted one out of the park. Oh, yeah. That was amazing performance by mm-hmm. him. And, and when people are saying like his, they don't understand his character, the way he, he would never turn and kill his nephew no matter what. Well, let's just go back to what Boo said uh, about 45 minutes ago. It was about he was just inches away from killing his father mm-hmm. after he knew his father had good in him. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't going to leave until his father came back with him. And he almost turned. He cut his father's hand off. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't he get those feelings again if he thought that it would have to be done? Mm-hmm. They've already shown us that he can do that it. He, yeah. That yeah, that is a definite possibility. So I just think the uh, the criticism is misdirected a bit mm-hmm. on things like this. Quick question. Yeah. So in the Force Awakens, we had Simon Pegg and Daniel Craig make. Uh, uh, secretive appearances mm-hmm. in the movie. We have to, we have a couple on this one. Yes. Do you know who they are? Yes. Ah, okay. Your man Bane. Yes. Tom Hardy is one of them. Yes. And also Prince Henry and uh, his brother. Yes. Are, but there's another one. Oh, jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, is yes. A voice. He, thank of, you. He's, he's the snitch. Voice. He's the snitch guy. Yeah, those are them. And then they oh, get that's fucking him? tased. Yeah. That's and him. and you know that yeah. that Mark Hamill voice is another character, and he's not saying who it is. Mm-hmm. Because he's in the credits twice. Yes, as yeah, as right. a voice actor. And he won't say who it is, as far as I know. Did you hear about now, that? Yeah, yeah. I don't, and I don't know how to pin it down, man. Yeah. It's kind of like the whole thing where BB-8 is the one who says, I got a bad feeling about yeah, this. Yeah, he's the one that said that. That's great. And then yeah. what, did, what did Chewbacca say to Finn? If you remember, she says, tell Finn. Mm-hmm. And he says, he's oh, like, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Let's tell him that. I want to bring something up before we end this thing of the Star Wars about our predictions. Uh, you know, Well, not our predictions, our fake funny <laughs> predictions that we had before we saw it, the night mm-hmm. before we saw it. And Eric literally said, I went back and listened to it, that Luke grabs a lightsaber and throws it over his shoulder in the water. Into the ocean. It almost happened, Eric. Yeah. When, when, I know. When, I was when so that close. Happened, I thought you knew something. Yeah. I, yeah. Was, like, I was like, holy oh, shit. shit. And then I saw it on the, on the ground still. I was like, oh, okay, maybe he just had it. He got mm-hmm. it, like, pinned it. But good, good call on that one. Yeah. That was just blind luck, man. Just blind <laughs> luck. 
I'll tell you where I got it, man, is, is Steele had said something similar that I had already been thinking, okay, we see Ray coming up out of the water in the trailer, you know? And I'm thinking, okay, so why would she have dived down there? Oh, gotcha. And my thought was, is that he chucked that thing in there. Right. And then when they talked about it, I'm like, oh, and he talked about it with Jason. I'm like, okay, thank God I'm not insane. I'm yeah. the only one who thinks that. <laughs> Did you guys notice that crazy creature in the water? Yeah, the big old like the big yeah, old like monster. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty crazy. I'm 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 surprised I won't there won't be a backstory to him. <laughs> There'll be a little book or a canon story mm-hmm. about him. But overall, guys, we loved the feature film, mm-hmm. The Last Jedi, and we only got about 170 days away till Solo, something like that, which is crazy to think. Mm-hmm. That means a trailer. Probably will be with us within a month, mm-hmm. month and a half. I'm thinking Super Bowl. Uh, either Super Bowl or uh, Black Panther. Oh, or Black Panther. But most likely the Super Bowl. Yeah, I can see this huge thing for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And that's not their MO. They usually don't do Super Bowl drops, do, do they? I don't know. And and while we're talking about this, man, that's really something, you know, the argument or the, the question, I guess, is a better word to use, had come up about what would you think about a solo trailer? before seeing this movie could you imagine trying to throw that into the equation right now no that no. thing would be just completely lost in the shuffle oh yeah it's genius that they didn't do that it needs to be its own thing it needs yeah. to have its own hype and a cool little thing that jason ward said hey man you can drop this on your podcast if you want mm. so i will preface this by this is not a spoiler that i'm going to give this is something about the direction of the film and how the film looks. So if you don't want to know about that, then just skip ahead. But Jason let me know that he's what he believes the vibe of the solo film is going to be. The cartoon heavy metal from the 80s mixed mm-hmm. with the 70s and 80s Marvel comics. Huh. Yeah. Huh. So that is the vibe they're going for. Now, so, for you kids that don't know what the heavy metal cartoon movie that Araj is talking about is it's the episodes it's the episodes of South Park where Kenny and uh, (laughs) Kyle's dad are addicted to uh, cat spraying in their face that's right that's right that (laughs) is yeah that is heavy metal it's the one yeah and that that movie was talk about a game changer man I remember when that movie came out Mm -hmm. I wasn't allowed to see it because the rated R was in Mm -hmm. the theater they actually had it on Showtime they show it? Yeah, it, it was on. I watched oh, yeah. it again. And I think they did a sequel to it. Uh, like Heavy Metal 2000. 2000. It was, it was like Fantasia uh, 2000. I bullshit. It okay. <laughs> I actually collect those books. Yeah, those comics. Yeah. yeah. It's a French magazine called Metal Herlong. Uh-huh. And uh, Sci-Fi tried to do a, a quick little show on the Sci-Fi channel called Chronicles of Metal Herlong. Oh, that's cool. But it's basically Heavy Metal. and Yeah. Yeah. I have about 20, maybe 30 issues. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Connoisseur. Wee oui, wee. Comme si, comme ça. I took French for three years. That's all I know. Comme si, comme ça. Wee wee, je m'appelle. That's all I know. Did you pass? Did you pass? Oh, I passed. Oh, yeah. there you go. I barely yeah. passed, but I passed. Yeah. My mom speaks French. I was about to say, I don't think your mom would let you fail French. Yeah. My mom speaks French fluently. So I said, Spanish? Why would I take Spanish? Yeah, like when am I ever going to use California. Spanish here in Southern California? <laughs> let, let me use French since my mom speaks it fluently so I can pass it really easy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, 
that didn't really work oh, out for me man. very well. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. So that's the Han Solo stuff. I'm sure we're going to be ramping up the Han Solo schmeals and deals. And so that, I think, wraps up the Star Wars stuff, right, Eric? Sure, man. I mean, we could go on and on and on, but... We could go on for another three hours. <laughs> I would be totally fine with that. Yeah, but let's, but we, let's save it. Yeah, let's save it. We got, we got a long time to talk about this. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, there was your Last Jedi talk. Thank you, Eric, for, for guiding us through the galaxy right there. Mm-hmm. Happy to do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely going to try to see it one more time, I think, one or two more times. And can't wait. Maybe I'll get a screener, boo. Oh. <laughs> boo, yeah. boo told us before we recorded that at work, he saw a screener sitting at a table. Yes, yeah, it, it was a uh, it was an award screener, one of the ones that goes out to the people who do you know the Golden Globes and the Academy Awards and all that. Just chilling out there, just no box, no envelope, no nothing. Just it said Last Jedi Award Screener on it. Oh my! And God. I I actually picked it up and I held it, and the the DVD or the Blu-ray was in there. I'm I'm holding it. I'm like, man, man. I'm just like the nerd gods are are looking at me right now. Somebody's yep. somebody's. Somebody's judging me right now. And I uh, put it yeah, down. It was a test, dude. Yeah, it was a test. I put it down. I put it down and I didn't think about it for the rest of the day. So I I don't have it. But I, I definitely, definitely, definitely thought about it. Being able to watch it a million times, right. break it down, you know, be like, I know everything. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't. Good for you. Good yeah. for you for not doing it. We have an email by Rob. So I just wanted to read this real quick. Hey, fellas, I really enjoyed The Last Jedi. The humor, action, CGI, and performances all worked for me, and I am excited to see where the story and characters go from here. Mark Hamill was outstanding, in my opinion. Very few qualms for me. Because it didn't make sense plot-wise, I wasn't on board with the trip to Cantobite. However, it does serve the overall story by showing why there's so much indifference in the galaxy to the rebel cause. A lot of people getting rich. And that there is still a reason for the rebellion to continue. I'm still trying to figure out why some fans are so upset. Do you see any similarity between them and hardcore Alabama football fans? <laughs> you know, the ones that get enraged if Ole Miss has 100 yards of offense against them and scores a late TD to make it 34-7. to seven. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. <laughs> if I don't see you beforehand, have a very Merry Christmas and a happy, safe New Year. I'm hoping to have the Punisher and Narcos knocked out when I talk to you next. Oh, how great is that? On a side note, releasing the podcast on Sunday is working out for me. It was getting harder for me to listen at work as you guys curse a lot. <laughs> they frown on that in elementary school. Peace and happiness. Just a little bit. Thank you, Rob, and, and, and Merry lot, Christmas. Rob. Happy holidays. I hope you knock out Punisher and Narcos. And I'm so glad you loved The Last Jedi. You're right. I think it comes down to a point where people aren't happy no matter what. Mm-hmm. If you do too much fan service, they're upset. If you do too little fan service, they're upset. You can't win. So we really appreciate the uh, the email, though, man. Hope you have a great new year. Okay, now that we're done with the Star Wars talk, unfortunately, we're done unfortunately. with we're done with the episode. Just kidding. <laughs> we are going to dive in real quick because we know we're pushing the time because we need to talk about it. The Punisher. Let's talk about how amazing this is, how amazing this was. In the next couple of weeks, guys, we're going to do a year in review of our favorite, our top five favorite films and our top five favorite TV shows of the year. So that's going to be the next two weeks. And I guarantee you that this show is going to be on our lists Mm -hmm. because personally, it is my favorite show, if not one of my favorite top five favorite shows, but if not the favorite show on Netflix. 
Wow. I love this show, and I think it is worthy of Berthnall getting an Emmy. And it is a game changer for Netflix. Not that they needed any game changing because <laughs> they do their thing the right way. But I just for Marvel to make produce this and Disney be behind it and how it pushed the envelope. Oh, it was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved everything about it. So I'm going to really screw this for you, Eric, because we're, gonna, we're going to spoil the shit out of this, if that's okay mm-hmm. with you. Hey, man, that's just how it goes. It's my, my bad. So <laughs> you guys go right ahead. Okay, great. So Micro. Loved his interaction with the Punisher, with Frank. Loved the villain. Billy was a great. And, and he had me fooled for a long time because I thought that he was going to be kind of a cool dude mm-hmm. until you get punched in the face with it. Yeah, he's an asshole. And the FBI agent, I forgot her name, Madani. 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 Yo, yo, Persian girl agent there. Madani. And her family. She was casted perfectly. Her <laughs> partner was casted perfectly. This was a home run. In every aspect of it. I can't think of something that I didn't like about this, about the show. And I hope, I pray that one day we get to see him alongside some of the major characters in the, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because he deserves it. Mm-hmm. He's that good. Go ahead, Boo. Yeah, it's just like everything you said. Yeah, it was a great show. Really shows the, the grit and the darkness that the Punisher really encapsulates. Dark and gritty? Yeah, yeah, yeah that too. Um, yeah, because he is just pure, sheer will. If he deems it to be done, it will be done. That's true. And he, uh, whatever stands in his way, you know, he'll do anything that he needs to. If you're a bad person, and he deems you a bad person, you will meet your ultimate end. You and will be punished. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Hence and, the name. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, just like you're saying, the cast was great. The family aspect that he deals with, uh, Micro's family. Yes. I thought that was really touching. Really good. Yeah, that was really touching. The dream scenes that he has are just oh, gut wrenching. They just get worse and worse and worse. And you know, he is permanently fucked up. Oh, he's I don't, th- I don't think he, when, although that he is a good person and he doesn't sleep with Micro's wife, I don't think he can feel good anymore. I think that's, I think, I think he's gone. in love with Karen though. No, no. I think he is. I think he's in love I, with Karen. I think I, I see how he just, flipped his wig when he found out Karen was there. Yeah. So yeah, overall, just a a great show. Not my not my favorite Netflix show. I still think Daredevil is. Oh, Daredevil is so good. Daredevil is is, but it's right fucking there. Yeah. How about Stranger yeah. Things? That's right there too. Yeah, that is right. There. God but, damn but it. It's, it's, it's just a, too it's much a, good shit. It's a different. It's a different feel. You know, Stranger Things. I go to be you know like happy and like oh that's cool and stuff like that but for you know the marvel shows they go for action and great characters that kind of thing struthers you seen stranger things yet i haven't finished it man okay but you started it but you started it (laughs) yes sir okay good we're making progress you're in you're in season two or one there's a season two (laughs) i'm totally kidding man (laughs) i'm totally kidding (laughs) don't don't feel that was funny though right please that was great that was a good one okay (laughs) no we're uh, the the wife and i are are um like 40% into season two. Good, good. good. Wow, I'm proud of you. That's awesome. Very good. Well, well dude, I've got two little kids who somehow, like five and three, and somehow they managed to stay up until midnight. No problem. Yeah. Like, Are you kidding? That's about right. Too. <laughs> they're probably definitely playing around. You're like, you guys aren't sleepy? And they're just like, what's sleep? <laughs> well, maybe for next year's top five list, you, you would have actually seen movies and television shows. You know, Eric, so you yeah. can be on it with us. <laughs> My top five movies of the year were the original Avengers movie. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> Leave it to Beaver. 
<laughs> I just saw it. Leave it to Beaver. Three's company. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Go ahead, Les. What did you think about this Punisher? Since you are the comic book guru, how close did it come to the original panels and the storyline? Well, it came pretty close. Uh, they obviously changed a lot, but the way Disney Marvel has been doing things, they stay as true to the essence of these characters from the comics. So the, all the elements were there. War veteran comes home, loses his family, decides to take out take vengeance on the the forces that made it happen everyone and then you know going forward he be, just becomes uh and and i don't want to say a a force for good but basically just a force for the oppressed and anyone who abuses their power and takes advantage of the people below them beneath them so yeah it's all there they did change the thing so instead of the vietnam war they changed it to the current war that we're probably still in, if I'm not mistaken, right? Don't we have deployed? Technically, technically, yeah. we're still in. Yes. They got some fuzzy numbers ground. about. They do have soldiers on the ground. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, that current, you know, the Iraq Afghanistan uh, conflicts we were just in, involved in. They do bring out one enemy that is a recurring enemy because the Punisher doesn't have recurring enemies. Mm -hmm. For the most part, if you're on his list, you're gone. There is no uh, "we'll see you later" or them coming from like. Surviving a vat of acid or something like that. Punisher locks loads, you're done. But Billy Russo is Jigsaw. Mm -hmm. So I like that part. I like the fact that they kept alluding. Every time he came on screen, it was, oh, look at how pretty you are. Mm -hmm. Look at how pretty this guy's face is. And the end, oh. Frank realizes, yeah, it's time for me to fix your face. Dude. <laughs> That's how we're going to get our Jigsaw. I also like the whole... Let's take care of the veterans thing. And I think that is a big, big deal. That part for me, aside from the Punisher being a Marvel movie or a Marvel series and, and comic books, but that whole part for me about highlighting that is one thing that sticks with me. And the other thing is, is it also shows the levels of like ruthlessness in the dark operations that. I'm sure go on like Blackwater and all that. Yeah, stuff. like and I'm sure go on in our within our government halls and just the di different departments we have all kinds of just dark stuff that are off the books and covered up and just pushed around and just ugh, just really skeezy stuff but just yeah there was nothing much there was nothing to really be upset about nothing really tedious no uh he is sheer will yes you're correct boo he is beat the hell down man how the hell that guy is not dead in some of the you know mm -hmm. encounters he has and you're just like oh he's got to be he's got to die you know what this. though it wasn't it wasn't done ridiculously though like i could see him get out of the things he got out of really yeah man the man is in almost uh not physically in pieces but the, his insides have to be oh yeah rearranged he's all fucked up he's all fucked up but i but it wasn't like he got shot in the in the heart or something or no and it wasn't true. like he got yeah. yeah and that's true and then what uh I, I guess it's just adrenaline and when you're a combat veteran i'm sure all the instincts that you were that were molded and melded into you and just drained into you or tr drilled into you kick in so mm -hmm. I don't think any of us would survive any of that crap. No. Uh, sure. No, no, absolutely. In the way I would survive a head on collision. 
in, in a vehicle with a truck or, <laughs> you know, being... What are you talking sh- about, Les? When we went paintballing, dude, you died in the first 10 seconds. That's right. I wouldn't survive. And that was me just peeking out going, Less peek- okay, wow. guys, plop. Les, Les wanted to be the hero and he looked at us and goes, okay, guys, we're ready. Boom. Oh. It wasn't like that. <laughs> in like 10 seconds, Eric, he no. just he put, stuck his head out and boom, got splatted. <laughs> That's what I get for following the goddamn rules, man. They're like, it's all about capture the flag. And what happens when they say they sound off the horn? People just unload. And all it is just paintballs flying every freaking <laughs> where, he, dude. Did he do the the platoon? Yeah, he did. He did the William Defoe. No, yeah. and then I even said, I remember saying, so how do we get the flag, guys? And then the guys on our squad were like, don't even worry about that, man. You just let them fly, dude. And I'm like, what? Really? And, people, <laughs> <laughs> and I literally looked over the ledge of something, and a paintball fell on my head, dude. It wasn't like someone actually sniped me or saw me. <laughs> They're just launching paintballs everywhere. And I'm like, he really, was, dude? This done, is how it goes down? It was done down? in 30 seconds. It, it, it wasn't 30 <laughs> seconds because it was just literally. <laughs> yeah. you're, you, you're that guy on Rogue One that, that right before Donnie Yen goes out there to, yes. to uh, flip that switch. He goes, I'm going for it. Splat. Yeah. yeah done. Exactly. It, it wasn't. Yeah, but that was the worst part. Ah, I want to go do it again, though. Yeah. This you'll, time I'll just sit back. You'll, and no, just you'll last 60 Shoot seconds. my shots off in the air like everybody else did. Jesus, Lord. Horrible. So you love the Punisher. Yes. So Eric, by listening to us talk about this, is this something that you might want to watch? Absolutely, man. You okay. know, the Punisher was a, was a comic book that I was really drawn to. Oh, great. Because, yeah, oh yeah, I loved it, man. I had the, I think, I'm pretty sure it was the original Marvel miniseries that it was so cool. And, and you know, it's a, it's a character that you could, <laughs> it's so realistic. You can totally get behind, man. Like, oh yeah, I understand all that range, and 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 that's a really cool thing is there's no superpowers and there's mm-hmm. no it's just humans going after humans <laughs> and the storyline is just great. That's what I love about it. There's nothing superhero about it. He's just a badass mm-hmm. through and through. Yeah, yeah. So people definitely watch it. We loved it. It's definitely going to be in our top television shows of 2017, where it ranks on each of our lists. Tune in. Sizzle reel. Sizzle sizzle. All right, so we have a little bit of time. We're going to talk about The Walking Dead real quick. The finale, or the mid-season finale. Mid-season finale, because we'll ramp it up back again when Walking Dead starts again in the new year. We'll ramp up talking about it, but I'm going to spoil the shit out of it right now. So if you don't want to be spoiled for the last episode of the season finale, then please move on to next week's episode, I guess, because we'll be done. Five, four, three, two, one, spoil. This is a weird thing for me, because... I've been trying to get this situation to happen from the second or third season. I've yes. wanted Carl dead for forever and ever and ever. But something weird happened to me is when he got bit and he showed his bite mark, I felt bad about it. Mm-hmm. And I felt bad for wanting him dead. I kind of don't want him to go now, mm-hmm. which is weird because this kid has annoyed the shit out of me <laughs> for five, six seasons mm-hmm. already. They are definitely moving away from the comic because Total in the comic, deviation. he's a badass little dude who's running the show pretty much, and they're deviating big time from it. So much so that people are freaking out, just mm-hmm. like the Star Wars fans freaked out. <laughs> There's a petition to get the showrunners kicked off the show. Yeah, okay. They're that pissed off. I agree with this move because mm-hmm. they need to do something. They're losing their fans. Mm-hmm. It's still one of the highest rated, if not the highest rated show on television other than Game of Thrones. But they are losing steam. When you talk to regular like geeks like we all are, 
when the when The Walking Dead comes up, everybody says, "Oh yeah, I watched that for two or three seasons. Mm-hmm. Sucks now." It's even lost steam for us as far as being yeah. on the show. Yeah, and I don't know if it's going to make our top five shows of 2017. Maybe, we, maybe not. We're going to have to tune I, in to I, find I, out. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just what sucks is is that it's a mid-season break. Yeah, that like, blows. It does blow. It just, just it. That's what makes it lose steam. But I don't like what they they're doing with Carl. I can't stand it. Uh, they totally deviated. He was in the books. He's a vicious little boy, dude. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he's a bad little boy. Like he's he's his own judge, jury, and executioner. You're a bad little boy, and he kills, <laughs> and he's a murderer. He's totally buying into the fact that the way the world is 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 you either kill or be killed, and he's bought into that. In the comics, in the comics, yes. In this, all of a sudden, it's he's been because in the in the comics. I'm sorry to spoil it. Judith does. Judith is not around. She no. gets killed with Lori. Yes. So does. it's just Carl and Rick. Right. Going forward and And Negan. And Negan. And it's totally gonna change everything in the show. Maybe I mean I guess if they want to shake things up. I think at this point now they're just trying a little too hard. Just a little too hard. It could have been they could have taken someone else out, I think. You know at I, this point. You know what it is, is the the show the content of the show has been really good. It's been balls to the walls every episode, maybe except for one. The problem is to me is the direction, not the direction where the show is going to, the actual direction from the director and the way it's being filmed, the music they're playing, the stupid the jokes they're trying to throw in there <laughs> in the worst possible times. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. It's all disjointed. It's like Gregory's acting on the show. It doesn't go with the show. And you're trying to get me to laugh at Tara joking with Rosita. You just don't like either of those. It, even if I like them, during that serious show, scene, this mm-hmm. serious episode, they're going to have a box-holding joke? <laughs> like, why? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then you're going to have slow-mos and close-up shots. This happened two episodes of each character's facial expressions at the beginning of the show and at the end of the show. And then we're going to do it again three episodes later the exact same way. I, I don't understand what they're doing. It doesn't make any sense. Like, go get the directors from the first two or three seasons because obviously these aren't the same guys. Mm-hmm. Right. And and the guy that did the first season is a stud. That's Frank Darabont. And he's gone. Yeah. He's, Darabont's gone and the show's hurt. Yes. Ever since he's been gone. Right. I, I actually like where they're going, Ken and Carl, because that's people weren't sure if he was unkillable or not. Mm-hmm. And we got the answer. He yeah. is. And I like that too. Yeah. So I was like, oh, when I saw it, I was like, oh, shit. I just they did bad. it. Yeah. It's like, my God, they actually did. I did not think they'd be to have the balls to do that. So yeah, so I I I kind of dig it. Yeah, it's a major deviation, but I, I kind of dig it. And then I think I think this is a good step because I think this is gonna ramp up even more the idea of war because Rick has lost his child, his boy. Oh his, yeah. His uh not, not not his only future, but the last piece that he has to the past. You know, he's lost his son and it's all because of, uh, Negan. So I think he's going to go even more balls to the wall trying to kill him. And right. then also Daryl's, uh, actions. He's killed two people by his, his oh, yeah. actions is his actions. Daryl's fucking up. Daryl's yeah. fucking things up by, by, and but- that stupid Tara <laughs> needs to fucking die. She's not going to die. Fuck that bitch. I want her dead <laughs> more than Rosita now. And Rosita, whatever. She's cool. She's a stay on. Whatever. You, you can have your Rosita. Thank boo. you. But there is no 
reason, reason that Tara needs to be fucking still around, making no. wrong decisions, fucking making stupid jokes. There's licorice to be eaten. E- eating fucking licorice, chomping on a fucking licorice like an imbecile. She needs to go. I, I think they could have given us a more shocking moment because... Which would have been? Rick losing his hand. Ah. I think that would have been more than Carl pulling up his thing. shirt going, eh, it finally happened like last week. And you're like, oh, He didn't say that, dude. God. He didn't say it finally exactly. happened. Exactly. That's how, that's how <laughs> that was for me. And I'm like, really? Are they really trying to make us? And not only that, now we have to sit back and wait for six weeks to see what the hell goes down after that. It was one thing when Negan steps off the motorhome at the end of the la- of oh, the season. That was it was one thing when that happens. It's another thing when they're all running for their lives and all of a sudden Carl reveals that he's been bitten and you're just like It was a what the fuck moment. It was, but now you're just like, okay. Now we gotta wait. You know, and and, and people that love Carl and freaking out, listen, Carl's gonna be back next episode and the episode after that. His his journey is not done. How do he's- you love Carl? There's people that fucking love that, that dude, do, man. Yes. There's, there's people that don't like Last Jedi, man. That's true. Yeah. That's so, true. yeah. Like, the Eric, world's a crazy place. Yeah. It's a very crazy place. Some people just want to watch the world burn. Eric, yeah. so you don't need to watch Walking Dead. You just hear us talk about it. <laughs> dude, It's you You paint a picture that I can just... It, it's like I'm looking at it right now. Thank you. Because Haas says he doesn't watch. He hasn't watched it since season three. He just listens to us to get the updates. <laughs> <laughs> Which we're privileged to do that for yes, you, Haas. Yes. You, don't have to, you don't have to watch it. There is nothing that I wouldn't do for that man. Who's that? Haas? He's Haas, a prince yeah. among men. Haas, absolutely. Yes, Haas is amazing, yeah. He is, Haas Burkhardt is a prince mm-hmm. among men. He is a shining light, a beacon of hope, yes. a spark ah, that will get the, the nerds going. <laughs> yeah, the nerds ignited. Mm. All right, so there is our Walking Dead really quick, fast synopsis. I'm sorry, people, if you... Um, wanted to hear more about The Walking Dead, but we just feel that The Last Jedi was just more fucking important. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. So we apologize, but we will ramp up our Walking Dead talk when the new next part of the season comes out. That is a given. We will do that for you. Mm -hmm. And please send your emails and your voicemails and all that stuff. If you want to talk about Walking Dead, please send them in. But uh, I think uh, that wraps it up, guys. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No. <laughs> Vomiting, burping, anything like that? No, no we're good. No. Eric? Let's not leave that in people's minds. Please. Yeah, damn. That's gross. <laughs> well, I will no, say. No, man, I'm good. You're good, Eric? Right now, my, my kids think that everything they say is like, you know, poop and, and tootie, and they, just, they think they're hilarious. Eric, what would you have done in that situation? Your kid just turns around and just starts letting him go. What would you have said to your kid? Giving him a high five. <laughs> I hope not. Oh man, I don't know. I would definitely would have addressed the situation. <laughs> you definitely would have said, "I'm sorry that my kid's a dirty piece of filth and needs to let go for no reason <laughs> in your oh, face." That is... <laughs> oh damn it! Okay, well guys, we will see you next Sunday with our top five movies Ooh. of 2017 on releasing it on Christmas Eve, and then we're releasing our television one on New Year's Eve. You obviously want to spend the holidays with us, and we want to spend our holidays with you. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. We will catch you next week on episode number 73 of The Sith Lives. 